Shalom to all. Today's office gain Samach Bez, and we are starting about the third line with the words Hey, Rabbi Yossi Ben Shalom. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarah, Basar Yaakov Maisha, Hernish Shalom Shadav and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars Rivka Basar Meir Zev, Hernish Shalom Shadav and Aliyah. And the Gemara says, Hey, Rabbi Yossi Ben Shalom, Mishum Rabbi Yechon Achiv. Rabbi Yossi Ben Shalom give Eidos in the name of Rabbi Yechon and his brother, Shaamar Mishum Rabbi Yossi Ben Chisma, that said in the name of Rabbi Yossi Ben Chisma. Ain't oisin chalas amaaretz b'tahara. One is allowed to take off challah for an amaaretz b'tahara, which means the amaaretz already made the dough, and now he brought this dough to a gabel, to a kneader who is a chaver, and he says, "Here, gabel, here, kneader, please take challah off for me." This fellow, this kneader, is not allowed to do so because the dough is already assumed to be tamei. It was made by an amaaretz. If he takes off challah, that means the challah is going to be tamei. So no doing that. Avol oisin isas chul of b'tahara, but this gabel, this kneader who is a chaver, is allowed to make the dough for him in the first place. Vinaytal hemenik day challah, and then he'd be able to. Take challah off of it because that dough is going to be tahar. And then this chaver, this kneader, would place that challah inside a kfisha or an chusa, which is a type of kli that cannot become tame, and it's a unique, strange type of kli which is not usually used. When the amarts comes to take it, he takes both of them, meaning he takes his dough and he takes the challah for the kain. It wouldn't have to be chayshesh that the amarts is going to touch the challah, making it tame. Similarly, a chaver who's an olive presser, he makes oil, he's allowed to take off truma for the olives of the amarts. This is talking about where the olives have already reached the stage where they're ready to be pressed, they're already mochshur the kabbal tuma, and we assume that the amaaretz was metame them already. Therefore, this chaver is not allowed to take truma off for him because the truma is going to be tame. However, avol eisin zeisim chulav b'tahara, he is allowed to deal with his olives that are chulin in state of tahara, meaning before the amaaretz was metame them, benoitel amenikate truma, and then he would take truma off for them. Umanicha bechelav shal chaver, and this chaver places these olives that are truma in his own kalim uchshba amaaretz litol. And when the amaaretz comes to take them, noitel shtein, he takes both of them, the chulin ones and the truma ones. And wouldn't have to be chayshish that he's going to touch the truma ones, making them tame. And the time, why did we say that this fellow is allowed to help the ama arts like this? Amar Biachin explains Mishum kitei chayv de gabel and Mishum kitei chayv de badad. This is because it helps the livelihood of this gabel of this kneader and it helps the livelihood of the badad of this olive presser. Utsricha, we have to have both of these cases. The yashmin and gabel. If we said that the kneader is allowed to do this, Mishum doing nafish I might say he's allowed to do it because he doesn't get enough schar. Being a kneader doesn't make you so much money. Every time you need someone's dough for them, how much does he pay you? A couple of pennies. So over here we would say it helps him out. It helps him. Pay his bills, so he's allowed to do this for the Amaretz. Aval Badod, but an olive presser, the Nafish Agre, he makes a lot of money. Every time he presses someone's olives, he gets to charge a nice amount of money. Ahimalai might say he's not allowed to do this for the Amaretz. That's why we say even the Badod's allowed to do so. And Yashmin and Badod, if we only said that the Badod's allowed to do this, I might say that's allowed because it's not Shiach for him to have work. It's a very seasonal job to be a Badod and an olive presser. Olives ripen once a year. It's kind of like tax season. He's really busy at this point in time pressing everyone's olives, but afterwards he doesn't have so much Parnasa. So you might say he's allowed to do this for the Amaretz because since it's seasonal, he needs to make as much money as he can during the olive pressing season. Avogabal, when we're dealing with the nidr, the shechiachle, it's common, people are going to bring him dough all the time. Emolai, I might say that he's not allowed to do this for the Amaretz. Tzricha, that's why we have to have both of these cases and say that both a gabal and a badad are allowed to do this for the Amaretz. Now we continue analyzing. Omar Meir was stated, Then when we're dealing with the chala case, the chaver takes the man of chala necessary and he places it in this chvisha or anchusa, and when the Amaretz comes to take it, he takes both of them, meaning both the regular dough and the Chala, and wouldn't have to be Chayshish, he's going to touch the Chala, making it Tomei. Ask the Gemara, why not? We should be Chayshish, then maybe he will touch the Chala and make it Tomei. The Gemara answers, we don't have that problem. Why is that? Because we tell the Sama Aretz, Chazi, you should see, meaning you should know for yourself. If you're going to touch this Chala, everything's going to go back to become Tevel, and you don't want that to happen. Ask the Gemara, we should be Chayshish, maybe the Amaretz doesn't care if everything becomes Tevel. So the Gemara answers, that can't be. Is the Amaretz wants the Tikkun of his dough. That's the whole reason why he brought 
out all the ingredients to the gabal because he wants the gabal to make the dough for him so that he can take off challah for him. And you're going to tell me he doesn't care if everything reverts back to its tevel state? Obviously, he does care. So this is going to be a sufficient scare for the amaret not to touch the challah. Now, continuing to analyze the next case, Amar Mar, we had said, Then the chavar takes it off olives for truma and he places them in his own kalim. When the amaret comes to take his oil, he takes both of them, meaning he takes the clay with the regular chulin oil and with the truma oil. Ask the Gemara, why not? We should be chayshish that maybe the Amaretz is going to touch the truma oil. And the reason why we're going to be more chayshish than in the previous case is because Bishlema Hasam over there in the previous case when we're talking about challah, it's like a There's a hacker, there's a reminder that the Amaretz is going to have not to touch the challah because it's in this funny keli, this kvishor and chusa, which is a kli which is not usually used. So he's going to remember, oh, don't touch it, that's challah. But how come I carry this bone? We're dealing with the olives. What type of hacker is there? We're assuming the olives are just in a regular kli. So why would the Amaretz remember not to touch them? So my answer is no, the the Chavah took this Shuma oil and did place it in a Kli, which is unique. A Kli Glalim is something made out of dung. Kli Avanim is something made out of stone. Kli Adam is something made out of earthenware, which hasn't been finished yet. So these are all unique Kalim that are going to remind the Amards, don't touch what's in here. Ask the Gemara Yachi, if that's so, that they're being placed in a unique Kali, my area of the Chavah. Why is it to say the Chavah places this oil in his Kalim? I feel the Amards not me. He should be able to place the oil in the Kalim of the Amards as well. If it's a unique type of Kli that's going to remind the Amards not to touch it. So my answer is Hachinami coming. That is what the Bryce is telling us. The Kalim Shalam Aretz, Huru'in the Chavar places Truma oil in Kalim that belong to the Amaret, which are types of Kalim that the Chavar could use because these are Kalim that can't become Tameh. I think to explain the Mishnah, we had said, Machzikim, we're allowed to support Gaim and Shemitah. The Gemara asked, Machzikim, we're allowed to support them, Mashma, that we're allowed to help them, Bamar Avdim and Barshishnam, Shmei Rav. Ain't in We're not allowed to hold ground with a non-Jew on Shemitah. Just because he's allowed to work in the land on Shemitah doesn't mean that we're allowed to physically help him. And furthermore, if Ain't Kaifim Shalom Levik Chavim, we're not allowed to double Shalom to an Avik Chavim. When we're saying hello, when we're greeting a non-Jew, we're not allowed to say Shalom Shalom twice. We're only allowed to say Shalom once. That's because Shalom is Hashem's name. So we're allowed to greet him once, but we're not allowed to give him a double greeting. What we see from the Risha is very clearly that a person's not allowed to physically help a non-Jew on Shemitah. So my answer is Light Sricha, what are we referring to? When we say we're allowed to be Machsakim, that means we're allowed to strengthen him verbally. And we tell him, you should have strength, you should have koyach. Thank you very much for working the land. Rav Yehuda would tell non-Jews that he saw working the land in Shemitah, achzuku. And Rav Sheshes ashrasa. Rav Sheshes would tell them ashrasa, which is very similar. He's telling them, you should have strength, you should have koyach. Yashar koyach for doing this. And it's permitted to tell this to them on Shemitah, as our Mishnah had said, mipnei darke shalom. And we just explained this last memory we had said, ve'in kaflin shalom lo'evik chavim, we're not allowed to double shalom to a non-Jew. Rav Chizda maktem v'yavil hu shlama. Rav Chizda, he would precede a non-Jew and say shalom to him. That's because it was fairly common back in the day that if someone said shalom to you, you'd respond with a double shalom. Shalom, shalom. So Rav Chizda would be the first one to say shalom, so he didn't have to say shalom twice to the non-Jew. Whereas Rav Kahana, Amrle, Shlomo Lamar, Rav Kahana would tell a non-Jew that he saw Shlomo Lamar, peace on Tamar, and it would seem to the non-Jew that he was being greeted. However, Rav Kahana had in mind that he's giving a bracha to his Rebbe. He was saying shalom to my Rebbe, and that way, at least in his mind, he wasn't even greeting the non-Jew. I think Mark Tzvi explained the Mishnah. We said we're shalom b'shleiman. We're allowed to inquire of the peace of the non-Jew, meaning we're allowed to say shalom aleichem. How are you? How's everything going? Now, I think now that we had already said in the Mishnah that we're allowed to be machzik them or we're allowed to encourage them, the Mishnah has to say that we're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem to them. Of course, we would be allowed to do so. So Amar Vieva he answers This part of the Mishnah that we're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem to them is referring to their holiday. The time you have a bride, so Loi Kanas Alim Beis Shalom Aleichem Chavim Biyam Edai. A yid is not allowed to go into the house of a non-Jew on the day of his holiday v'itel Shalom and say Shalom Aleichem to him. Why is that? Because such a covet that the yid went into the guy's house that the guy is now going to say thank you to his avodah zara for that happening 
something and we don't want to be the cause of that. And Matzai B'Shuk, if he found him in the marketplace, nice and like he could tell him hello in a soft voice and with heaviness of the head, meaning he shouldn't be exuberant and full of geschmack and say, Shalom, so good to see you. Wow. He should be quiet about it and say Shalom. And that way the guy is not going to thank his Avoid for the Yid telling him Shalom Aleichem. Now, a story about greeting someone. Rav Huna Rav Chizda Hava Yasvi, Rav Huna Rav Chizda were sitting. Chalifa Azul Geniva. Geniva was on his way passing by. One of them said to the other, Neko Mikamei Debar Urion, who we should stand up in front of him, in front of Geniva, because he's very chashiv, he's very learned. Armalai, but his friend responded to him, We should get up in front of a Palga. A Palga is someone who's very belligerent, someone who starts up. We know that Geniva always used to ask questions on Mar Ukva, and he was Mitzayar him, so that's why he called him a Palga. Now, Ado Hachi, in the meantime, also Ihu Gabayu, Geniva ended up coming up to them. Armalai told them, Shalom Aleichum Malki, Shalom Aleichum Malki, Shalom Aleichum to you kings, Shalom Aleichum to you kings. Armalai, they told him, Menal Chadra Abon Ikrim Lachim. How do you know they're Abon are called kings? So Amrlohi told him, because the Pasuk says, Through me, meaning through the Tyra, kings shall reign. In other words, someone who learns Tyra, Tamar Chacham, he's considered a king. So Amrlohi, they asked him, So how do you know they're supposed to double Shalom to a king? Amrlohi told him, How do we know that we're supposed to say a double Shalom Aleichem to a king? Because the Pasuk says, And his spirit clothed Amasai, Rosh Hashalishim, the head of the officers, Vagaymer, and really the important part of the Pasuk is the continuation, where Amasai told David Amalek, Lecha David, Veimcha ben Yishai, Shalom, Shalom Lecha, Veshalom Laizrecha. So he said a double Shalom to David Amalek. We just continue with our conversation. Amrilei, they told Geniva, Lita Marmidi, you should taste something, come and eat something with us. Amrilei told them, Hachiam Rav Yudam Rav, this Rav Yudam Shem Rav, Asrilei Adam Shitam Klum Achitan Machla Behemtai, a person is not allowed to eat anything until he feeds his animal. Shanem, because the Pasuk says, Venosati Esa Besad Chalvam Techa, and I will give grass in your field for your animal. Bahadur, and afterwards the Pasuk says, Vachatav Savata, you're going to eat and be satisfied. So you see, first we have to feed the animals, and then a person's allowed to eat. Mazdar finishing the fifth parak of Masechah's Getin, just like we're going to finish this parak together. We should be going to finish the entire Masechah together, and of course, all of Shas together. Now moving on to South Beza and Beza on top with a brand new parak. And with this parak, we go back to talking about Shlichas. And let's remember that a man can appoint a Shliach to bring a get to his wife. A woman can appoint a Shliach to accept her get for her. And now we know that Shlucha Shal Adam Kamoisai, a person's Shliach, is just like them. So applied here in its most basic form, and this is going to be the discussion in the mission of the Gemara, we would say that when a man appoints a Shliach to bring a get, he can retract that get as long as the Shliach hasn't handed the get over. But if a woman appoints a Shliach to accept the get for her, the husband is not allowed to retract the get once it's been handed over because it's as if he gave it to the woman herself. And so the Mishnah says, a man tells a person, accept this get for my wife, or take this get to my wife, if the husband wants to be chayzer before he gets to the wife, he's allowed to do so. However, if a woman tells somebody, accept my get for me, the husband's not allowed to be chayzer on that once he gives it over to the shliach, because the shliach is accepting the get for the wife. The fikach, therefore, says the Mishnah, if the husband tells the shliach, I don't want you to accept this get for her. I want you to bring it and give it to her. So, if the husband wants to be chazer in that case, he wouldn't be allowed to be chazer. Now, Rav Shem Gamliel tells us, even if she says, take my get for me, if the husband wants to be chazer after he hands it over to this person, he's not allowed to be chazer from that, because Lashon of Tal, according to Rav Shem Gamliel, is Lashon of acceptance. So, once this person accepts the get, he's accepting it for the wife. It's like he's the wife's shliach, and the husband would not be allowed to be chazer. Now, the Mar tells us, Amrav Acham Reiter of Aviel or of Ashi, Taima. The 
reason why in the first case of the Mishnah that the husband's allowed to be chayzer even though he already handed the get over to the shliach is that's because the wife didn't make this person a shliach for Kabbalah but that's mashma that if the wife had made this person a shliach for Kabbalah if the husband would want to be chayzer he would not be allowed to be chayzer even though he told the person his ishti or ishti since the wife had made that very same person a shliach for Kabbalah the husband would not be allowed to be chayzer now what do we learn from here it seems to be learned from here, Hailech is Kizchi. Now, this brings us back all the way to the first parak. The Gemara discussed if Hailech is Kizchi, meaning if one says Hailech, take this to so and so, is that like telling them to be Zeichen for that person or not? So it seems to be over here that the Lashon of Hailech is Kizchi. Because the Mashmas that we just made of the Mishnah is that if the wife had appointed this person as a Shliach and then the husband said, Hailech Gedzela Ishti, he would not be allowed to be Chaiser in that case. Mashma Hailech is Kizchi. And when the husband said, Hailech is get to my wife, it's as if he's saying, be Zeichen in it for my wife and now he can't be chayzer. So Gemara says, Loi, that's not a raya. Really, I can tell you that Hailech is not kizchi. The Chiddush of the Mishnah is really the first case where he told the Shliach, accept this get for my wife. And what's the Chiddush in that case? I might have thought, since the husband can't appoint this person as a Shliach Kabbalah for his wife, and why is that? Because even though we know we can bring about his chus for somebody even though they're not aware of it, but we do know that we can only bring about a chai for somebody if the person is there. Therefore, a person can't appoint a shliach to accept a get for his wife because getting divorced is a chai and ain't chavin la'adam el b'fanav. So I might say in this case, that even if the get got to the woman, it shouldn't be considered a get because a husband can't appoint this person as a shliach Kabbalah. Kamash the chiddush of the Mishnah is, that when he tells his shliach, he's not saying accept it for her and now she should be divorced. He's saying accept it and bring it to her and hand it over to her and then she'll be divorced. Now we analyze the next part of the Mishnah. Tanah the Mishnah said, If the wife said, Accept my get for me. If the husband wants to be chayzer, once he hands the get over to the shliach, he's not able to be chayzer. My love, what did that tell us? That this would apply in both scenarios. Whether the husband told the shliach, or So once again, we see from this part of the Mishnah that if a husband tells a shliach, that's kizchi. So Gemara says, That's only going on the case of Kabbalah. Meaning if the husband said, And the wife had made that person a shlich Kabbalah as well, so then the husband can't be chayzer. But if he had said, even though she had made the fellow shlich Kabbalah, the husband can't be chayzer. So Gemara attempts another right from the next part of the Mishnah. Tashma, the Mishnah says, If the husband told the shliach, I don't want you to accept the get for her, rather, take the get and give it to her, if the husband wants to be chayzer, then he's allowed to be chayzer. Now what do we learn from here? That's Masha, the only reason why he's allowed to be chayzer is because he said, I don't want you to accept the get for my wife. But if he didn't say the words Efshi, that if he wants to be chayzer, he's not allowed to be chayzer. Shmami, now what do we see from here? That if he just says Hoylech, take it to my wife, that's like he's saying Kizchi, that she should be Zachene right now. The Gemara says, no, once again, that's not a Raya, Dilma Behelech. Maybe this part of the mission is referring to where he said Helech, not Hoylech. Now, what's the difference between Hoylech and Helech? So Hoylech means take it to her. Helech means this is for you. So this part of the Mishnah can actually be referring to where the husband told the Shliach, Helech, this get is for you, and give it to my wife. Now, if this was said, we would view it as if the husband is telling the Shliach, this is for you, as my wife said, then the husband can't be Chayzer, unless he clearly stipulates, Ef But if he says Helech, he could be Chayzer, even if he didn't explicitly say, Ef And now the Gemara goes on to talk about who's allowed to be a Shliach. Pshita, Ish have a Shliach lahilacha. It's obvious that a man could be a Shliach lahilacha, meaning a man can take a get from the the husband and give it to the wife, because a man would bring a get to his own wife. 
wife. A different woman could be a shleich l'kabala to accept a get for a woman. She can't isha m'kabala's get because a woman accepts a get from her husband. So a different woman could accept a get for this woman from this person's husband. Now here's the question. What about a man accepting the get for the wife? Or a woman being a shliach l'haylacha. Are these valid shluchim or not? So the Gemara says, Tashmav an attempted rayal. Our Mishnah says, ishti. If a person says, accept this get from my wife, ishti, or take this get to my wife, if he wants to be chayzer, he could be chayzer. Whereas, if a woman says, accept my get for me, if the husband wants to be chayzer, he's not allowed to be chayzer. Now, my lav b'chad shliach, aren't we talking about the same person over here? He's one shliach, and he's a shliach for the wife and for the husband. What do we see from here? That whoever is kosher to accept the get is kosher to bring the get as well. So the Gemara says, We're talking about two separate shluchin. We're talking about either a person that the husband appointed or a person that the wife appointed. And we don't necessarily have a raya that a wife is allowed to appoint a man to accept her get for her and that a husband is allowed to appoint a woman to go bring a get to his wife. So the Gemara attempts another raya. Tashma, our Mishnah said, If the husband told him, I don't want you to accept the get for her, rather take it and give it to her. If the husband wants to be chazer, he could be chazer. Now, what do we learn from here? We see over here they're referring to one shliach. We see from here whoever's kosher to accept to get for a woman is kosher to bring the get. So Gemara says, okay, pshait mino, let's learn from here that ish have a shliach kabbalah that only a man could be a shliach kabbalah, meaning a woman can appoint a man to be makabal her get for her. And why would we say that? We see that a father could accept a get for his daughter who's a ketana. We know that a father's allowed to marry his daughter off if she's a ketana, and if she's getting divorced as a ketana, he accepts the get for his daughter. So we see that a man could accept a get, and obviously a man could deliver a get as well. So we have an answer at least for one of our questions. But our question still remains, what about a woman to be a shliach to bring a get to a wife? Is she allowed to do that? My, what's the halacha? Amrav Mari, Tashmai, Atam Suraya. We had this earlier in the Masechta. Even women who are not believed to say about a different woman that her husband died, they're neman to bring that woman's get. And over that's referring to being a shliach l'haylacha and not a shliach l'kabala. So that's a raya. Now Ravashi, Ravashi says, We also learn from the Seifa of that. Tiktani Seifa, the Seifa that teaches us, a woman herself could bring her own get as long as she says, and we established in that case was talking about that the woman was a shliach l'haylacha. Here's a raya. Because the Gemara over there had discussed, why is it that if a woman's bring her own get, she has to say, So we answered, it must be that the husband told the wife, you are a shliach to bring your own get. And therefore we see that a woman could be a shliach l'haylacha as well. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow, continuing to talk about this. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.